Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow! <laughs> I thought I was going to open it. <laughs> but, but, but no, 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 please. Uh. Oh my god, what was that? It came from my kitchen. <laughs> well, well, there's some lights shining out the, the, the windows, the hallways. I better go over there. Clop, 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 clop. Oh yeah, plugged in your wall socket. This is the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, there's what appears to be a tiny flying saucer plugged into my wall, using up all the electricity. <laughs> wow, and it's making strange beeping and wowing noises. Doop, doop, doop. Oh, that hurt. Oh, it appears to have injured itself accidentally trying to uh, talk up the toaster or something. Hey, toaster. <laughs> hey, how are you doing? Oh, no, it's getting into the fridge. What is wah, it doing? Wah, wah, wah. Wait, is it banging the fridge? I, that's not what I meant, but I said getting into the fridge. Oh, no. One of my children had a failure. Oh, no. Oh, oh. oh how sad. One of the electrical babies doesn't work. Oh, what? let's make a joke about it, and that'll be the title of a movie. Wow! <laughs> is it is it batteries not included? Is that the joke? Yeah, that's because they named the movie after a quote related to a child's death. Ah, uh, oh yeah, no, he does say that. How bad is that? This movie is named after a joke relating to a kid's death. Sure, it's a robot, yes. but you know. What the flippity doodah was this movie? <laughs> hello! Wait. Hello and welcome to a Pixar movie, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's Oldie But a Goodie. Yo. It's uh, the show where we review movies from 1987. Sometimes we pick good ones, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we pick them in the middle. Ooh! Totally average movies that we can talk about for an hour. Yeah! We've got to pad this episode out with jokes because dum dum dum, there's not much here. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot to unpack here, actually. There's there's several questions I have for you specifically, Sandro, <laughs> oh, that I, I don't need you to answer. answer. I know what they are, <laughs> and I just. Oh. There's a list. There's some weird stuff in this film. What did you think of it, though? First impressions, are you swayed in either direction of the negatory to positivity scale? No! It was very average. Yeah. Kind of boring, to be honest. Little bit. Uh, I'd say an hour and 40 minutes too long. <laughs> but the movie's an hour and 45 minutes, are you saying this should just be a five minute short? Yeah, the opening credits were pretty good. I quite enjoyed that. They were good, actually. Because it has the black and white, black and white things. They were good. And that the ending gag, I thought that was good. I I thought this was a very nostalgic movie, not because I've seen it before, but because I love 
dumb 80s sci-fis about robots. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm very nostalgic towards this style of film. This film is very charming. Yeah. I'll give it that. It's It's a very, like, quaint, cute movie that's, like, super unoffensive. Um. Uh, It plays what it thinks is super safe. Yes. It's just that one character hasn't aged very well. The bad guy. Yeah. But also, I thought he was one of the more interesting characters, at least. Yes. Yeah, once he gets um, hit in the head with a frying pan, he's a very interesting character after that, yeah. I thought. So, so post-frying pan, yep. Carlos is a good character. Pre-frying pan, he's a bad guy. Yeah, no, But not to good. be fair, he is a bad guy, right? Yeah, he's meant, yeah, he's meant to be a bad guy. So that makes sense. You know, he's a, he's, he's a bad dude. Kind of redeemed, but not really. No, that's the worst part about this film. He gets a bad ending. And I felt really bad for him specifically. And the movie just moves on and it goes <laughs> like you won't remember that character. And I was like, that character had the most character development throughout the whole film. And you just threw him in the trash. Yeah. I love movies and TV shows that attempt to redeem someone, but only like half ass attempt to redeem them. Yeah. And then in the end, it just ends with a shrug. I thought they were going to, you know, at the end, he was going to join them, you know. Yeah. And in one big happy family, but no. This wholesome family movie is depressing as shit. (laughs) It is. It's named after a joke surrounding the death of a baby robot. Yeah. What is up with that? this This movie is super dark. What the hell? Oh, dear. It's almost like every kid's film we've done from 87 has been really dark. Like, Brave Little Toaster, Garbage Pale Kids, all really dark dystopian nightmare movies. <laughs> we'll get into more details very soon. Zach, of course, up top. Some housekeeping. Housekeeping number one. This is our second last episode of the year. Second last episode of the year? What? And I picked this film. <laughs> I know. But yeah, it's our second last episode of the year. Next week is our final movie of 87. Then after that, 2001. What a year. And Sandro, I hate to say it, but I think 2001, it's going to be like movies like this. You better get used to that CGI level quality because it doesn't get better from this movie. It wasn't that bad in this movie, though. I thought some of it was really good and then some of it was very sus stop motion. Yeah, it was very... It flip-flopped all over the place because the uh, the main alien ships, only one time did I have a problem with their CGI. It was the the bread box scene. Oh, yeah, agreed. Um, But the kids, on the other hand, they were bad almost all the time. Yes, almost all the time, which was very weird. Yeah. I guess because they tried to make them walk around. That's probably it. And whenever they and whenever they walked on something, it looked super fake. Yeah. Although I did like how they did the uh, burger one. There's some good stuff. Yeah. No, two thousand one. It's going to be like this constantly, and probably also this level of wholesome because two thousand one. A lot of the bigger movies, uh, as we've kind yeah. of been noticing as we see what we might be doing on the show next year. A lot of them are kids' Mm. films. A lot of the biggest movies of the year are kids' movies. Year of the CG kid. And, like, all the adult movies are like Memento, a really dark, depressing film that's told backwards. And you're like, well, we can't do that on the podcast. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Are we going to get sick of kids' films? Yes. Yes, probably. I wish. I know I will. I don't know about you. I definitely will. I I will have a high tolerance if they're anything I've watched before, though. Because the nostalgia will be able to carry me through. 
I feel like my nostalgia is going to be ruined every single time and your nostalgia is just going to like carry you through it and you're going to find them enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're doing that next year. Uh, also, if you want bonus episodes as well, I'll dump this right up top. Patreon is happening. Uh, a lot of people have asked us, why haven't you reviewed The Lost Boys? That's up on Patreon right now. Yeah. Our review of The Lost Boys is up on Patreon. And then Police Academy 6 next week. Can't wait. Let's get into some details about batteries not included, starting off with all your other options from this week. What, what, what did I have to choose from? I had a few choices. Uh, your other options were The Dead, set in the early 1900s, uh, about a Christian epiphany party, which is like a giant feast. I think it's got some dark undertones. Mm. Iron Weed, a story about a homeless couple during the Great Depression. Wouldn't be as depressing as this film, though. Oh, I thought that was more fun when you said Iron Weed, but then... Um, <laughs> hey! That it was instantly depressing. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Part 6 is a spy parody starring Bill Co- Oh, I didn't remove it as an option. I didn't remove that as a... I, I should have just gotten rid of that one. Yep, uh, that yikes. shouldn't be there. Moonstruck! Rom-com starring Cher and Nicolas Cage. Now, I want to watch it because I don't think that Cher and Nicolas Cage would have any chemistry at all. Mm. So I kind of want to see it. Nick Cage is in a lot of romance movies. He is. Not something I think about when I think of Nick Cage, though. No, he hasn't done one in a while. Probably since the early 2000s. Sick of all those romances, huh? Yeah, I don't know why. He he wasn't a lot of them. He wasn't a lot of them. And now he's just Mm. doing... I got, I got to get revenge on my pig. It's a great movie. I love that film. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best films of the year. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, opera, Italian slasher, but a series of murders being committed inside an opera house directed by Dario Argento, one of the best horror directors of all time. Italian dude. This one flips to the other side, sounding way too good for this podcast. Yeah. I'd like to talk about it because uh, it's an incredible movie, but... um. This is going to be more funnier. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Overboard. A rich heiress loses her memory and then a carpenter tries to brainwash her into believing that she is his wife. (laughs) That rings a lot of bells. Like, I don't know about that one, chief. Pretty pretty sure that's a 4chan post. Pretty sure that's that's a no. That's probably a bunch of red flags. Uh, Speaking of red flags, Mm. September is the final option directed by Woody Allen. That's the red flag there, directed Ah! by Woody Allen. Suicidal woman retreats to a summer house and has to put up with her obnoxious mother. Uh, Some notes about batteries not included. This was released December 18th. Uh, it's directed by Matthew Robbins, who also directed a fantasy film called Dragon Slayer, which looks pretty amazing. Ooh, that does sound pretty amazing. He was an uncredited writer on Jaws, uh, and he works with Steven Spielberg a lot. He also works with Gamel Del Toro a lot. He's writing Del Toro's new adaptation of Pinocchio, which is out next year. But circling back to Spielberg, this movie... Now get this, because I think it's pretty obvious... Uh, having seen the movie, it's pretty obvious that this film was meant to be an episode on Steven Spielberg's anthology TV show, Amazing Stories. Oh. It, it was meant to be an episode, but Spielberg was like, well, I say that is a good idea. I'm going to turn it into a movie. Yeah. I was a bit surprised when those credits started going. I was like, Spielberg? All right, we might be in for uh, for an interesting time. Nah, he's just an executive producer, quite hands off. Yep. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Although it does have that, like, that, like, wholesome E.T. vibe. 
It's just not as good and doesn't make as much sense as E.T. does, I guess. Yeah, that's because that's what everyone was trying to do back then, was get that E.T. Yeah. cash, that E.T. money. Uh, so, this movie also is the first writing credit for Brad Bird, uh, who went on to write and direct The Iron Giant, which makes sense. That's also like a wholesome mm, kind of family. Mm, oh, yeah. Incredible stuff. He's also written and directed... Ratatouille. He's uh, written and directed Mission Impossible 4. What? And he's written and directed The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2. What? What? Yeah. Wait, who who was this person? Brad Bird. On this movie that we just watched? Yeah, he wrote the movie. No, he didn't. That was someone else. Because that... (laughs) That guy sounds like he knows how to write. Well, he did have, like, three co-writers, mm. one of them being the director, the other two being Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson, who wrote Short Circuit. Right. Okay. Because The Incredibles and Ratatouille are some of the best film, like animated films of all time. They, yeah. I would argue. I would argue they they are some of the greatest. Incredibles is incredible, one might say. And Incredibles 2 is incredible too, I, T-O-O. Ah, 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 I saw it's what, also incredible. I, I just saw what you did there. I also hated it, but also... No! I can kind of see his style in this movie. A little bit. Mm. Like the wholesome sci-fi-ness. It was probably all the moments I enjoyed that he wrote. (laughs) You might be correct, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The cast of this movie, uh, it's quite small, actually. For the main character, Frank. Good old Frank. He's just a grumpy old man. Yep. He's played by Hume Crony, uh, who's been acting since the 40s. He's in heaps of stuff, usually acting alongside his wife, Jessica Tandy, who is in this movie, plays his wife. Oh, they're actually married? They're actually married. Oh, yeah. that's pretty cute. And they've been doing heaps of movies together. They were both in Cocoon. They were both in uh, The Seventh Cross. Uh, heaps of heaps of great stuff. Wow. That's 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 pretty cool. I feel like you can tell. They're they're really good. Yeah, no, I was about to say they 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 I can believe that they would be a couple. Mm. And hey, they are. <laughs> that, that that's crazy. Yeah. It's a good way of doing it. That's taking method acting to the extreme. Good lord. It is. I loved, though, how this was a relatively mainstream, high-budget sci-fi movie starring people over the age of 50. Mm. You don't see that. Yeah. Like, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some well-aged actors, and I thought they were pretty good. Were they the best actors of the film? I think Carlos, again, my favourite character, Carlos, was actually pretty good. Yeah, so he's played by Michael Carmine, uh, who was in, Mm. I think he's in Scarface for a little bit. Mm. He's in a couple Chuck Norris movies. He unfortunately passed away in 89, um, uh, which is a shame because he's really good. And yeah, like he was starting to get main roles with this movie, and then unfortunately passed away and couldn't. Yeah, really... he could have. He could have had a pretty, pretty good career. That's very yeah. unfortunate. But yeah, he was. He was quite good in this. We've also got Frank McRae, who plays Harry, the lovable but quiet ex wrestler, ex boxer. Uh, he was actually a football player. That makes sense now. Now I understand why his acting was not incredible. Well, he doesn't say anything, and I think that helps. One of his big 
redemption scenes is him beating the shit out of Carlos. <laughs> I thought they were going to have a moment like, oh, he's going to beat him up, but then he, like, hugs him or something, you know? Yeah, like, they set him up as a gentle giant, but then he just, like, in the final action scene, he he does an action scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, this isn't what you were setting up at all. He solves it by loving Car- No, he solves the problem by beating the shit out of Carlos, you know? <laughs> Throwing him out the fucking door. Yeah. It was a bit yeah. poorly written, his character. Uh, you've got Marisa. She's played by Elizabeth Penner. Uh, among other roles, she's Mirage in The Incredibles. Oh, really? Huh. Syndrome's evil helper. Um, yeah, she's alright. She's pretty good. And finally, Dennis Bootsakaris uh, is Mason, the artist man, who is a weird character that we'll get to in the synopsis, yes. I guess. He's done lots yes. of theatre and he reads heaps and heaps of audiobooks so he's not really that much on film interesting he does stuff outside of that um the actor was good terribly written character yeah no but he's but he's an artist sandro he's sporadic and makes constantly terrible decisions really annoying oh the name's mason and he's an artist Yes. Ha ha! How did, how did you not figure that one out already, Sandro? Could, could, could work on the, getting on the uptake Look, there. this movie didn't entirely engage my brain, so I wasn't thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, the reception for this movie, mostly positive, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is still, I think that's, is, is that fresh? Yeah, 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 that's fresh. Yeah, audience score is 64%, uh, 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, and on Letterboxd, it's got an average rating of, like, 3. A lot of people were like, it's wholesome, it's silly, it's got some problems, but it's a sci-fi for the holidays, so take your kids and go see. It's not great, it's not, it's not bad. It did well on home release, and I think there's a lot of nostalgia, uh, because of that Mm, as well. That makes sense. Uh, so this cost... $25 $25 million. Oh, 25 mil. Pretty well priced. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty spicy. Especially considering it's mostly set in one house. Yeah, but it, it's I, I think like the special effects budget, those those sources. Really high. Uh what do you think it made worldwide? Well worldwide numbers. What do you think this one made? <sighs> Fifty. Oh wow. Well you actually lowballed that. Worldwide it made sixty-five million. Sixty-five? Okay, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I'm closer than usual. You're close. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Sixty-five. Oh wow, that's good. It made a good decent chunk. Yeah. I feel like that's a you know, it's a nice amount of money for a mostly nice movie. Yes. It's it's quaint, it's it's three out of four, two point uh, something like that. Two uh one point one point five? No no no. I had several issues with this film, and I would like to jump into it. Well, we will in just a second, because there's one tagline. Ooh, there's a tagline. Let's see if you've got an issue with this tagline before we get into your issues with the plot. This is just an issue-based episode. I, I guarantee I will. Five ordinary people needed a miracle. Then one night, Faye Riley left the window open. What? <laughs> what? No! The, okay, alright, I have several One, too long <laughs> Very long Too long It's two sentences Two I don't care who Faye Riley is I don't know who that is I don't care Why does Why does leaving the window open entice me? Be- because it's like, oh, what's gonna come through? Because I think the poster of the movie is she's sleeping And then an alien Yeah Spaceship thing is like just outside the window Look, that's a negative from me, dog 
big thumbs down. Also, I, I want to mention, uh, recently I've been watching Cowboy Bebop. Not the live action show, although I am actually interested in seeing it, but the original anime. And of course, one of the main characters in that is called Faye. And every time someone called her Faye in the movie, I was like, man, I could be watching Cowboy Bebop right now. Mm, <laughs> A yes. mostly pretty good anime. But also... She was pretty good character, so, you know, better than Cowboy Bebop, <laughs> I, I mean, a better character <laughs> than a show where all the characters are just meant to be cliches. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah no. Anyway. I'm just, I was just trying to, I was just trying to rustle your jimmies. I know, oh, my, your... <laughs> my jimmies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get, get your knickers in a knot. Oh. Try to poke, poke the... The lion's nest. The, li- the lion's nest? <laughs> yeah. I mean, lion's den would be... <laughs> no, no, no. Are these, like, griffins? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, mythology's great. Yeah, mythology's good. Better than this movie. Battery's not included, I tell you what. More like the font's not included, because there's this boring font. Got him. Yeah. So boring, I didn't write down anything of it. <laughs> I didn't even think about it, which must have mean it was really boring. I did write down, ooh, jazz. Yeah, it has a really nice opening. I really like the opening montage of just, like, old pictures. Mm. Obviously, it's to make you care about the characters and this place. It doesn't make me care about the characters. It made me care about the location, though, because you see all these photos of the old building and then the colour kind of comes in and you see that everything around this building where the photos have been taken has been demolished. And that was like a, ooh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, that was that was very well done. Yeah. I quite liked that. That was a great opening to that. I also like how Battery's Not Included has an asterisk. Yep. That's all I liked about it. It makes the algorithm for this episode really annoying because I can't put asterisks in the tags, yet this movie, <laughs> the title, has an asterisk in it. <laughs> Fantastic. We see a bunch of photos during the opening credits with, like, the actors' faces superimposed onto old photos of, like, New York. And it mm. mostly looks okay, but there's a couple that, oh, where I went, yeah, nah. yeah. I definitely, I definitely noticed the, uh, the old Photoshop crop cut paste sort of stuff you know but it was all right it was right you know it got the job done it got you got the idea it's like oh look at all these old people in these places and how it used to be so great and now it is not so we see Faye. She's getting her shopping done, I think, in the morning. She's walking around this demolished town. Oh, boy. Uh, she, she, she's got, I think it's, like, early dementia? Yeah, yeah. It, it's never explained what she has, but she's she's a little cuckoo. Presumably because their son died. Yes. Um, which we learn about. Which they try and make a twist, but I predicted that as soon as they mentioned their son. Yeah, because she does that whole thing of, like, where's the boys playing outside? I yeah. can't hear them, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh, red alert. See, that would have been so much more interesting. You explore her mental health through an alien story. That might have been more interesting than the action scene at the end. I don't know. Well, I feel like things like those characters, you can see them in better movies like Ratatouille and The Incredibles where they explore people through character development 
What do you mean character development? What What is this concept? <laughs> yeah, character development. All yeah. characters, they start off and they've got their one thing and then they do that one thing until the movie's over. Yeah, all right. Sometimes you have flashbacks mm. to give characters... Uh, I was going to say depth, but not depth. The opposite of depth. <laughs> the opposite of depth. Shallow? Shallowness. Yeah, shallowness. You've got to keep your characters shallow. Yeah. That's what they always say. So anyway, we see Faye. She's walking around town, getting her shopping. I noticed, uh, and I wonder if you did as well, in this opening scene, she walks past a building that's got a lot of graffiti on it. Oh, no, I did not notice this. Okay, because one of the things uh, graffitied on this building... Uh, it's kind of cut off at the top, so you can't see what the start of the sentence mm. is, but the end of the sentence is a good blowjob. And look, here's the thing. This is a kid's movie, mm. and I wasn't entirely sure <laughs> whether or not they noticed that when they were filming, or if that was a little sneaky nod. Yeah, you're saying they left it in for the for the, the adults. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I didn't notice it. It doesn't matter. It's graffiti. I feel like uh, feel like it only adds to the movie, really. So she and her husband run an old timey cafe, a diner, one could say, or a diner, yeah, because it's like that eighties thing. It's an old diner. It's got the that weird sausage device, which is rotating. I've seen stuff like that around Melbourne. Yeah, it rotates and it keeps all the sausages warm. Yeah, how old are those machines that you see? The very, very old. Yeah, and every time I have a sausage out of them, I almost feel like I'm going to be sick. Yeah, because they're old '80s <laughs> machines that don't work so well anymore. Because they keep things at a nice lukewarm temperature, yeah. perfect for fucking microorganisms to to to, to just thrive on them. But they also have, like, they have an old uh, music machine. That was of course, cool. it doesn't work, uh, because nothing in this place works. They have a, a smoothie machine. You know, they got all these d- uh, diner classics, all the but classics. none of them work, because it's old. And we find out that they are the last holdouts of this new development area. They're demolishing the block and building some high-rises. They're the last holdouts. Yep. Uh, and so we see Carlos... He's been given a job by the businessmen who run the construction site or something. They're just like the the bad guys in suits. They're not really characters at all. Which was interesting. I liked how the main villain was just a regular business guy. Yeah, that was just good. hired like a gangster. Yeah, so he hires Carlos to go to all of the people living in this building and give them money to get out. Yes. Now, here's my, my slight problems start beginning already okay none of the people here look happy no that's the idea no it's a miserable situation so why don't they just take the money and leave well i think it makes sense for frank because he's quite stubborn it makes sense for him yeah yeah it doesn't make sense for the artist or the pregnant woman (laughs) no they should just leave. Yeah. Why do they stay? Because family, wholesome. They're literally living on their own. Oh, well, the artist has a girlfriend, but she leaves as soon as the movie starts. She literally leaves within the first, like, two seconds of introducing his character. Because you never once asked to paint me naked. That was a quote. That was a quote. She leaves him because he didn't paint her nude. Which is what all artists do. Uh, yeah, um, it's the bare minimum. Maybe yeah, there was bare. something in there about we can't afford to live anywhere else and the money that they're giving us isn't enough to move. 
Especially seeing as it's like New York, you know, New York, it's expensive. I don't think so. I think the whole point was it was quite a lot of money. And it was just like, they didn't want to leave this historic building or whatever, you know? Like, the old people I understand, they don't give a shit anymore. They don't care if you want to knock out on the place. They don't want to move. That makes sense. I'm all for it. I'm fine with that. The yeah. pregnant dude and the artist, get the fuck out of there. What the fuck are you doing? Why are you staying here? The whole entire film, I was like, just take the money and leave. <laughs> I had no incentivization for this old bill. It was like, oh yeah, this this area used to be a great street, you know, but now it's not. And like, everything's getting knocked down. That's very sad. But just take the money and leave. I think this might be you personally not having any attachments to building. Yeah, I. Uh, it's definitely more of an eighties thing nowadays, where like the modern society is very on the move. You know. Yes. If you're stuck in one place, it's it's not good for you. You know. Yeah, I I think maybe that's you not relating to that area no, of the no, film. No, no, I'm just saying. I, I, I absolutely. It's definitely me not relating. But this movie didn't help me relate. <laughs> very much you know i don't know i kind of related a bit to frank because i was like yeah you know you've lived your whole life here you've yeah, you've made exactly. friends in the cafe that's all good that's fine yeah 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 but granted at the end of the movie some stuff happens and some development happens we'll get to it later but some development happens at the end of the movie meaning there are big buildings around his diner so he's better off now that, that that the construction has happened, because he's got more customers than, than he had yeah, in the old exactly. like, neighborhood when he was holding out. So he's actually better off for the construction happening. We're just happy that he didn't get the building to Yeah, but it, again, the old people, that makes sense, and that's fine. They can stay there. It's just the other people, all the other... There's four, like, main characters and Faye who's just kind of there. She's the heart. She's the heart of the movie. She's the heart of the movie for sure. But it's not like she's deciding she wanted to leave. She wanted to take the money and go to the Bahamas. <laughs> she Good did. You, girl. Yeah. She's smart. Big brain. Yeah. Um. All the other characters should have just left. And it kind of ruined the, the, the bit of the movie for me. Because for the rest of the film, I was just like, take the money and leave. Yeah. But anyway. That's yeah, true. But anyway, they all refuse the money, and so Carlos, he, like, wrecks part of their house as an incentive. He, like, smashes this statue of Jesus. He, he, he smashes some tiles. And then he also destroys the diner. He completely wrecks it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's full-on gangster stuff, because they, like, kick the old man outside so mm-hmm. he can just wreck the place. I was a bit like, oof. The thing with Carlos, though, he's a pretty good bad guy. He is a little Latino stereotypical. There's a lot of that, which which is not amazing. But I don't know about you. There were moments when I thought he would just break out in the song just because his (laughs) character was so theatrical when he was, like, smashing stuff. Yes. I was expecting him to do, like, a villain song or something at some point. Mm, Yeah, which is why I liked him. He was very very, uh, impassioned. We get a quote, and I think it's I think it's like Mason talking to someone, and he's the artist. He's like, I love this building, man. This building's reality. I'm going to stay here in reality. I'm not going to go out there into the city. And someone's like, this is the 80s, Mason. No one likes reality anymore. Mmm, boom. I, I like that. I agree. Yeah. It's relatable nowadays, because reality sucks. So, with the diner destroyed, all the people in the building are like, 
We need help. Oh, God. Help us. And then no helps comes, and they're all depressed, and they have to take the money and leave, and the house, <laughs> the building is destroyed to build the Skyro, and that's the end of the film. No, 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 no. But actually, actually, <gasps> that would happen what? in real life, but in this fantastical movie... Yep. Aliens come. Whoa! Down from the sky. Two UFOs. They're tiny UFOs, and the UFOs have eyes. Yes. So they're cute. They're pretty cool design. They're made to sell toys, but they also look good. Yeah, they look cute. I like them. They're literally just flying saucers with eyeballs. Yeah. That's their designs. They don't really make noises. Sometimes they do. Yeah. The kids make more noise than them. What are you saying? They go, They do not go, It's good. They're also robots as well. We know for a fact that they're robots, because the artist guy, he calls them robots. Yes. And they reproduce, like, one gives birth to robots. Yes. They construct the robots inside the main robot using bits of metal that they find around the area. Yes. At one point, the artist guy, who is a complete asshole to these robots throughout... Oh, he sucks. Um, He, like, attacks one of them to grab one of its hands. Mm. And he's like, this hand was made out of my clock or something, you know? So we know that they're making parts out of uh, out of things. Yeah, and there's a moment when Sa- I think it's the artist as well. He looks into like the eyeball of one of them and sees tiny bits of electricity kind of running around, almost like ants. Almost mm. like it's the mothership for tiny microorganisms. It could be, but also I have a question: like, where do they come from? The planet of alien spaceships. Yes. Do, does that planet have, like, natural resources of electricity for them to eat? Maybe they used it all up and they had to fly to, to, to other planets. Mm. Or, or, are they, or are they a Skynet situation? That's what I'm asking. Did these robots take over a planet and murder all the original habitants? This is a good point, because at the end of the movie we see a whole fleet of these things descending onto planet Earth to use up all the electricity and plunge us into a new dark age. Mmm, yes, and that's the movie I was excited for. <laughs> it's like Independence Day with those giant ships, except instead of those giant ships, it's very tiny <laughs> Very <ships>. small, wholesome, <laughs> fun yeah. little aliens that have uh, a really bad agenda, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what they are. Because, like, they're little helpers, you know? They, they just want to help out, and they want, like, human things. They want to make little babies. Yeah, for some reason, they want to repair things and help for no reason whatsoever. Because we see, during the night when they first arrive, they fix the statue, the floor of the box's house for some reason. Yep. And they fix the whole diner. They fix it, and they fix a photo frame. Mm. Photo. There's a smashed photo that uh, is repaired. That they fix as well. But in the morning, uh, the old guy, he's like, well, what's going on here? Everything's fixed. Faye, what have you done? She's throwing plates around. Oh, yeah. Because so uh, at night, she's the only one who's up, Faye. And she sees the aliens floating around, so she knows they exist. Yes, and she follows them up to where they are living, which is at the top of the building in, like, a bird's nest? Yeah, an old birdhouse, where um, their son used to keep pigeons. Yes, important detail. But, but the son isn't there anymore. So in the morning, everybody's like, oh, 
my place got broken into and things got repaired. Yeah. What's going on? What is this? And Faye's like, well, if you come up to the roof, I'll show you what's going on. So they all go up to the roof and she's she's given out little breadcrumbs. Except they're not breadcrumbs. They're nuts and bolts. I loved that. That was really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they like to eat the, the metal. So she's she's feeding them some, some metal. But they're like, what's going on here? Hey, that's my toaster. Hey, that's my radio or whatever. You know, because the aliens have taken a whole bunch of things. But they think, they think Faye stole it. What? So then she's like, oh no, actually, it's the aliens. I'm going to take you a very expensive watch and I'm going to smash it with a hammer. Yeah. And then the aliens just show up and fix it. And everyone's like, oh, there's actually aliens. Oh, she's not batshit. It's actually <laughs> aliens. <laughs> oh. Uh, meanwhile, Carlos comes over to the cafe, the diner, and sees that it's been fixed. And he's like, what is this? I destroyed this with my baseball bat. Yeah, because even if... They're getting it repaired. It would take some time, right? Oh yeah, not more than just like one night. Yeah, they'd have they'd have people in, and he could bribe those people. You know, be like, "Hey, don't repair this place." So then he's like, "What's going on? What's going on? What's going on?" And he goes to Frank and Faye, and he's like, "What's going on? What's going on? What's going on?" And they're like, "Why do you keep repeating your what you say? What's wrong with you?" Yeah, uh, three <laughs> times. That's weird. So he's there. He's talking to them. He's being quiet aggressive because of course he is but then he gets hit in the head by a frying pan it just flies up out from behind him hits him on the head because uh, like one of yeah. the robots is inside it and i guess the robot senses the aggression and it's like i don't like that yes and from that point onwards he becomes an okay semi-likable almost redeemed character yeah almost redeemed that's the problem they don't go full redeemed with his character which is very sad because you feel for him. Because he's just a guy trying to make ends meet yeah. in the city. He wants to be a big businessman tycoon. He wants to break out from the gutter mm. of New York that he's in. And, you know, he just so happens to have fallen in with uh, the wrong businessman. Mm. How about the scene where the uh, UFO aliens... Uh, fuck. <laughs> How about that moment? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. You know what? That was pretty exciting. That was a good time. What? <laughs> Could have used some more slow jazz. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. I love how afterwards, um, because they're like, they're flying around the rooftop and, and Faye's like, oh, yeah. And then they <laughs> go, the, they go into the birdhouse and it like, explodes with light and electricity yeah, and everyone's like oh my what's happening in there and then it kind of dies down and Faye's like Whew, well they're gonna need something to eat now that's like the classic old grandma thing she knows what's going on and she's past that stage where she cares about the social norms that's my favorite bit about old people is when you get to that i don't give a shit anymore yeah 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 she doesn't give a shit so then uh, one of the UFOs gives birth to twins, two cute mm. little baby-sized UFOs. Yay! They mostly look fine when they're, when they're not interacting with people. When they interact with people, it's a bit... Uh. Yeah, and objects. It's like when they're walking around. Because when they fly around, they just look like the parents. And yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's fine, that's fine. Except for, except for when that... So there was one scene where one was flying in a bread box and it looks super bad. Oh, that was it's terrible. So in post. 
But other than that scene, like, the flying ones look good. You're like, great, twins, that's all there is to... Co- oh, there's a third baby! Ah, This one yes. is a stillborn robot baby. Oh my god! And then Harry the Boxer, who hasn't seen... Who hasn't said a single thing at this point of the movie, looks at this dead robot baby that's just been born... Just just take out robot from that sentence. This dead child. <laughs> that's just been born, and he says, Battery's not included. Bah, 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 bah. Why is the movie named after a scene where a kid dies? Yeah, very depressing. I don't like it. Dead baby. Then, Mason's like, well, for the sake of science, I'm going to cut this dead kid open. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> so Mason is the most fascinated with these things for the science sake. Which, to be honest, fair enough. I almost agree with him, yes. kind of. But he's also fucking insane <laughs> because he's just going to ruin every diplo- He doesn't think about the diplomatic mm. side of things with the aliens. He only thinks about the s- scientific future, not the diplomatic negotiations with an alien race side of Which I guess things. is because he thinks that they're robots- and not yes. aliens. Yeah. Oh, I see. Maybe. Because yeah, yeah, he yeah. thinks they're maybe man-made. Which they might be. Who knows? Maybe they are yeah. made by the government. Who, who knows? I mean, um, they may be. They may be. Um, if he thinks of them as robots, then he doesn't care for their feelings. Which I guess makes sense as to why he's such an asshole to them the whole film. In fact, throughout the whole film, he is just the worst and does nothing helpful or is useful ever. Exactly. Uh, Harry, the boxer, he grabs the dead child and he chucks it into the sink and the electrical short that happens from that brings it to life, I guess. <laughs> well, no, 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 you skip it over a bit. He has to run off with it first and everybody's like, no, don't run off with the dead baby. And then he runs off with the dead baby. Yeah. And then he breaks it apart to try and save the baby. Wow. And then he gives up and throws the baby in the sink. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> well, no, he acci- the baby accidentally ends up in the sink. <laughs> no, he accidentally drowns the dead baby because he puts it on his desk and then hits the desk and it goes flying. It's flying into the sink. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't only uh, float the baby, he throws the toaster that he picked up earlier. Oh, yeah. And he electrocutes the baby. The dead baby. But then, thank goodness, because that brings it to life. That brings it to life. Because it goes down the plug hole, and he has to follow it in the drains, because he can hear it in the drains. And then the baby pops out of the toilet. Yeah, and the baby pops out of the toilet, the baby's alive and covered in poo water. <laughs> yep. He burps out a poo bubble. Canal. <laughs> Stupid fucking movie. I think my favourite scene of the movie is after this, because then we have the three babies Mm. and the two adults helping out in the cafe. Mm. Flipping burgers, and oh, one of them accidentally gets some cheese on it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh! It's great. This is this is the the this is the height of the the sort of family movie moment where you've got so they they fixed all the machines including the old record player and so now the 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 place is alive. Don't know why they get loads of customers. Well, they're meant to be the workers. Yeah, it's the construction's workers. So okay, sure. But yeah, they're having a grand old time, but there's a little bit of a mix-up in the kitchen because they've got a new cook. Oh, new cook. <laughs> it's, it's the robot. It's the robot. Which means that it it does understand English now, I guess. 
Well, yeah, I think they did understand the people beforehand. Oh, probably. It's never explained. Uh, Don't explain it, movie. Please don't. Please. Yeah. Please, please. Go into great detail. (laughs) Well, you see, the robots are actually mutant aliens from the planet Gazorbalok. And they use these things to fly around because they don't got no legs. Mm, they've been programmed to help people. The evil globalops, the noblobalops, mm. they despise people and they want to wreck everything. And so there was a massive battle on their planet, Cyberbloblop. And they had this giant battle and there was Mega Bloblop and Optoblobblop. Mm. And they were fighting each other. And then they used a time machine, several of the same time machine, driven by the the same guy but in mm. different forms to to banish <laughs> the cyber blob blob into a time rift whoa but but then they forgot that they did that and thought it was dead also very important in the fifth movie it's revealed that the planet earth is actually a giant transforming blob blob but then oh, they don't actually no! ever do anything with that in the following <laughs> movie <laughs> Fucking hell, I hate that movie. <laughs> Actually, just the worst. Sorry, um, anyway, they they have this diner scene. One of the guy, the the uh construction workers, he gets a, a burger, but it's been constructed wrong, uh-oh. so they have to send it back to the cook. And so the cook makes a new one, but uh-oh, he doesn't use a patty because he accidentally put a bit of cheese on one of the baby robots. So they serve up a baby robot burger. But then the guy tries to eat his burger, but he reaches for some sauce. He looks back and his burger flew off. Oh no. And then he steals his friend's burger because he thinks that his friend ate his burger. The other guy just gets screwed over. He gets one less burger. What the fuck? And then his friend orders a soup, but the soup goes to Carlos because Carlos rocks up and Faye's all like, here, have this random person's soup that he paid for. Yeah. Honestly, I could see why this place was so run down. <laughs> yeah. Service is pretty shit here. It's not, it's not a great place. While all this is going on, some very important character details for Mason and mm. Marissa. You see, uh, he's painting her nude. Ooh, except she's not nude. She's clothed, but he's painting her nude. He's using his imagination. And she's like, oh, you jokester. Ha ha ha. This isn't creepy. And then she's like, okay, well, my boyfriend's coming over. My boyfriend, he's a big rock star. He's a touring rock star. And he's going to come around and we're going to be like, oh... We're getting back together because his tour is over. And then Mason's like, oh, I'm depressed. I'm going to go get drunk. And he gets drunk. And then he comes back into his apartment to see that Marissa's there and she's crying. And she's like, I broke up with my boyfriend because he's going on another tour. And I hate it. And then they make out. And then I guess they're in love now because movies. God, I hate their relationship. It's bad and depressing. Because, like, she's having the boyfriend's baby, right? And he's just left her. Yeah. That's so depressing. And and instead, she has to get together with this piece of shit artist who's useless at everything <laughs> and is a bad person in general. Yeah. No, I, he's not good. He's probably going to try and dissect that baby when it's born for science. <laughs> and then chuck <laughs> it in I, a sink and electrocute it. I, I, I doubt he will do those things unless, unless it turns out that baby is also a flying saucer. We never see her boyfriend on screen, so maybe it was a flying saucer. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a twist. <laughs> that would be the sequel I want to see. She gives birth to a sorcerer and then she has to try and stop her new <laughs> husband from murdering their baby. What a 
dark movie that would be, my goodness. Yeah, but also, for science. For yeah, science. no, they're, they're, this movie, very dark. So then we see uh, the UFO parents teaching their kids to fly. I just want to briefly mention this scene because it's really cute. Mm. They push the kids off the stairs and the kids are like, no, we're falling. Oh, but we can fly. And they open up their like robot mouths and go, yay, I can fly. Yeah. Yeah, that was cute. I was like, this is a nice scene. This is a nice scene. That's immediately followed by Carlos ramming through the apartment building with an axe. Mm destroying everything because he's been told by uh, his bosses that he needs to get him out within like two days or something. He he bashes up stuff in the basement and then waits for the robots to come because mm. he knows about the robots now because Faye accidentally told him. Yes. Um, and so he breaks stuff and then waits for the robots to come and fix it, then ambushes one of the robots and fucking murders it. Yep, that poor robot. And then they all come downstairs to see what happens. And oh my god, we see a dead robot. And of course the other robot's pissed. It's sad. And great work on the design of that robot because you can see the robot's emotions when it sees its dead partner. I was like, damn. Yeah. Good work. The eyeballs are eyeballs. Yeah. It's sad. Now, th- this was the moment that you were talking about earlier because then the boxer walks up and he's like, I've got something that I want to say to you, Carlos. You killed one of the robots. I- I've got something I want to say. Yep. And this was the moment where you were talking about where it's like you feel like he's going to forgive him. There's going to be like a nice kind of wholesome redemption. But what actually happens? Uh, no, he uh, he just picks him up. He picks him up after him punching him and throws him out of the uh, the doorway. Yeah. Just, just tosses him onto the street. And I was like, I was really hoping this could have been cured with kindness. But again, they, they're, they're half-heartedly doing this bad guy's redemption arc. Yes. They never commit to him being, like, redeemed and then being happy with the family. They, they never commit to that because later on he has a bad ending. Yeah. So they don't want to commit to him having a good arc because they know at the end they're just going to toss him to the wayside anyway. So he has the roughest character arc in this film, and I feel very bad for him. Yeah, because after this, like, not much happens between here and the end of the movie, aside from the other robot is fixed. That's pretty much it. Um, he then is told that he needs to destroy the building. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so he, I think he gets removed from the job. They're like, you've done a shit job, we're going to get someone else to do it. But he's like, no, 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 I can prove myself. I think this is where we see the big bad guy, yeah, businessman. Just... He has a model, which is a great model, by the way, because you see the model. It's just one big building, yeah. but you can take out the middle bit and it shows right at the very bottom the tiny little diner <laughs> Yeah, in between the two, two giant skyscrapers. That was good. So they have a model planned already if they can't get yeah. the small building. I mean, just build a bridge between the two buildings over the apartment building. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, I think there's legal reasons why they can't do that, right? Probably. But I'm sure that, like, if you offer the money and all that you're saying are we're going to build a bridge made of glass that won't affect the sunlight, they could probably come to an agreement. Yeah, but, like, I feel like that's going to block the sunlight because why would you build a bridge unless it's used, right? Uh, especially if that building's solar-powered, they're not going to get any solar. Ah, mm. uh, it's the 80s. No one cared about that. No one cares point. about 
solar power. No one cares about the environment. Unless it's a movie about the environment. Oh, yes. In that case, they really care about the environment. That's the only case in which the 80s cares about the environment in a movie about the environment. Yes, correct. So, yeah, movie, moving on from that, they, they hire a guy to burn the place down. They set up a bomb mm. to blow the place up. Yeah, he's meant to make it look like an accident as well. So it's quite elaborate. So he sets up a bomb and then goes into the basement to, like, open up valves? Yeah, it's something about starting a fire that will eventually reach the bomb. Yes. It's very elaborate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, it's elaborate because they don't want to get in trouble. Mm. That's very specifically one of the things that happens is they don't want to get in trouble. But Carlos comes in and he's like, well, fuck it. If we're blowing this place up, we're blowing this place up. Also, I don't want to endanger people. Are there any people here? And the guy goes, nope, they all left. Luckily, at this current time, literally no one is in this house. Except for Faye. Nope, no Faye. <laughs> Faye's no, no, no. not here. She's not in the building. She's, she's, she's yeah, not in the yeah, building. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 she's not here. Uh, then Carlos is like, sure, I'm going to help you. I'm going to break everything. And the guy's like, whoa, we're meant to make this look like an accident. And he's like, no, I want this to be mayhem. I want carnage. I'm going to completely destroy the whole building. Yep. And then nothing comes of that. What would have been really good yep. is in that previous scene where he's got the axe, the boxer shows him remorse. The boxer's like, hey, I forgive you. Mm. And then he can be like angry, right? He's angry with himself. And because he's he, he's angry with himself, he messes up this explosion thing. He's told to explode the building, but he's a bit reckless, you know, and he accidentally yeah. goes too far. And then he realizes, oh, no, I've gone too far. Someone else is in the building. I thought it was empty, but I didn't check because I was so consumed with rage. And that's redemption. Yeah, yeah, he can have his redemption arc sort of thing. Again, he should have he should have joined them at the end and mm. become part of the family. They should have been like, do you want to live here? And he's like, oh, you would allow me to live here after all the bad things I did? Exactly. And they're like, yep, we forgive you. Instead, he realizes that Faye's stuck in there. Uh, she locks herself in the bathroom, and he tries to save her, yeah. and then the explosion goes off. Ooh. And it's pretty, like, it's... It's a brutal explosion. It's pretty big. The yeah. building's on fire. It's really brutal. A lot, a lot of money went into this building, yeah. It was a very well-done demolishing scene as we see explosion after explosion mm-hmm. go out, you know? And so what does he do? He breaks into the bathroom and then yeah. picks her up? Yeah. Is she knocked out at that point? Yeah, I think so. I can't yeah. remember exactly. I think she, uh, you know, falls unconscious because of the smoke or something like that. Oh, and he carries her down the fire escape, and it's one of the most fake-looking yeah. mannequins that he's carrying down the, yeah, yeah, down the yeah, ladder. Yeah, 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 It's just this floppy mannequin. But yeah, he 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 saves her from the fire. Um, we would get a redemption arc, except they throw him to the wayside now, which is very sad. Now, meanwhile, the rest of the cast are on their own little adventure, mm. which I hate. Uh, what? But Sandro, it's the main guys. They've got to find the aliens because they pissed him off by murdering one of them. Wh- what? So, okay, so the baby aliens run off. Uh-huh. Off screen. I guess they're scared by Carlos with his axe or something. They run away into the night. Then the humans find them. And then the parent aliens are like, you almost lost our babies. How dare you? We're going back into space. 
why is this in them? It's so pointless. Remember, Sandro, the, the movie has to be an hour and 40 minutes, so we obviously have to have the scene in the movie. But we already have an epic sequence where the fire. That's more epic. It just seems like a pointless sequence to spend money on aliens flying around New York. Well, it's it's a <laughs> conflict, and yeah, they're flying around New York. That's the idea. You get to see a bit of New York, yeah, and you have the whole thing where the boxer grabs a dog whistle to get them back, but they can't hear it because they're flying around New York. So he grabs a megaphone and he blows the dog whistle into a megaphone, which sets off all the dogs yes. nearby. And then all the alien babies are like, ah, oh, we're going towards the sound. And then they give them back to the parents, and the parents are angry and fly off. Just... Yep. I thought the ending of this movie really dropped the ball. Particularly this moment, it was so forced. So they run back from the city back home, and they see that it's been destroyed, and phase yep. in the hospital, and... Carlos is, I don't know, crying in the streets or whatever, who knows. And they're like, oh no, the building's been destroyed. And we get some pretty cool sequences of the whole building just collapsing on itself. That was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see in the hospital, Faye, she's she's a bit shook up, but she's all right. Uh, does, what's her face have the baby? Is that why she's in a hospital? No, I don't think so. I think they're just sleeping, waiting to hear news about Faye. They're just like sleeping in the oh, hospital. Oh, okay. I don't think there was a baby because she was pregnant in the end scene yeah that's what i thought so uh then police rock up and are like hey weird stuff's happening with your home we need you to come back to where you live and they're like but that place was destroyed and the police are like uh you'll you'll have to come and see i like just before that we have um boxer dude he's sitting in the rubble just like zoned out like he's like devastated he looks up into the sky and sees all the aliens, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the aliens, they, they repair the building. Yeah. And then we cut back to the morning. Uh, everyone shows up. And yeah, it's it's all been fixed. Not only that, it's been upgraded a little bit as well. Yeah, they've improved. It's like how it used to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Before it became run down. It's spectacular. It's amazing. The bad guy rocks up in his limo and he's like, you are the guy that was going to blow the building up. You're fired. But I'm still going ahead with my plans. Yes, I still win in the end. And so we cut two years in the future, I guess. And there's two high rises on both sides of this tiny little apartment building. That's the end. That's the end of the movie. That's it. Mostly okay, but with big glaring problems, I think is... Big glaring problems, <laughs> and surprisingly dark without committing to the darkness, because they wanted it to be wholesome, but sometimes it just isn't, and it's like, oh my lord. A lot of the characters are badly written. <laughs> the yep. main two are fine, and then the rest are just... A mess. You see, there's a lot of people that like this movie, and it is a children's movie, I will say. It's, oh. a, it's, a, it's a children's movie. If I saw this as, like, a ten-year-old, and I had no idea about... Well, let's go younger. If I saw this as a six-year-old, and I had no idea how to construct character arcs... Yeah. ...then this is fine. It could have been a lot better. I feel like there's a lot of nostalgia for it. I feel like if I was younger, I would have enjoyed it. But there's still a lot of good kids' films. Here's the thing. That's it's it's a bad idea that people have, which is you just make a film for kids. Stupid. Doesn't make any sense. But kids will love it. Doesn't matter. But you could have smart kids films. The Incredibles, Ratatouille. You, you know, like it's enjoyable for all ages. Whereas this film has a cap. 
where you start just not enjoying it. Right. I think it's a bad film. Okay. So I'm going to give it an oldie. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. There's I, better films out there. There are definitely better films out there. I, I don't know. I still enjoyed it, though. I, I found some enjoyment out of this. I'm going to go goodie, because uh, I think it does deserve both, maybe. But yeah. there's some missed opportunities here. But, you know, it's like a solid three out of five for, for me. You know, it's fine. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. Uh, there's some missed opportunities, but nothing that, like, like, annoyed me so much that I was, like, angry with it while watching it. I, I've certainly given goodies to film that don't deserve it, so <laughs> so I think that's fair. All right, some reviews then. It's time for... River, 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 river. There it is. <laughs> Rotten Reviews. Uh, it's a part of the show where uh, we get reviews from the only review site that exists, Rotten Tomatoes, from the only people that exist, the audience. Because all the critics are actually tiny space robots. And we've been to critic screenings and we can say that they all are. Ha <laughs> ha! Some of them clapped at the end of the movie. Well, that's because there's not enough critics in Melbourne. They're all in Sydney. So for the Melbourne critic screenings to really pat out the audience, they just invite random, like, celebrities. Mm, mm, mm. And they're all about clapping for the gram. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's funny. I love it whenever people clap at the movies because I could go, ha! Unless <laughs> unless the director's, like, in the audience or whatever. Yeah. Because you're clapping for them, right? Yeah, which doesn't really happen in Melbourne. It did once. I saw Vivarium. Oh, yeah. And the director was there. And wow. we clapped him. Yeah. If no one who worked on the movie is there, don't clap. Don't clap. I mean, you can clap. I'm just going to point and laugh at you. I find it very funny. <laughs> what a waste of a clap. Anyway, <laughs> reviews. <laughs> yeah, back, back to reviews. So we've got the audience reviews. Sandro you got to guess the score that these people gave on their reviews. Yep. It's from 0.5 to 5. Let's go. Let's get into it. I'm just going to tell you the review. It's from Theodore. Oh, I love Theodore. Yeah, it's a good name. I liked it as a kid. Wanted to rewatch it as an adult. What a struggle. Not worth my time. Yeah. But not a lot of hate either. Mm, just indifferent and bored. Mm. How I how I felt through this whole movie. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'll go for I think two point five is like perfect indifference level, so I'll go two point five. Uh it's two out of five. Ah, that two was my second guess. Yeah, yeah, it was just a little low. But we're still doing closest wins, which means I win every single time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that only works when there's two of you. No, zero <laughs> points. We have um, Andy the Movie Man 2, batteries not included, is dot 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 interesting. I remember watching this as a kid, oh, but now God. it's really cheesy. I don't know what to say about it. I'll give it a 5 out of 10. If you're putting I don't know what to say about it in your review, just rate the movie and move on. Don't write something. Anyway, uh, three. It's 3.5! <laughs> we have Maddie, who says hated it then, still hate it now. Ah, I'll go one. I don't think it's 0. 0.5. It's 0. 0.5. Ah, damn. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I thought that one would throw you off. Uh, speaking of throw you off, Alex says 1933's King Kong is my ninth <laughs> favourite film of all time. Your ninth favourite? Yep! What? <laughs> That's a great idea for, like, a meme review profile where you just review movies <laughs> with, like, your top ranking films of all time, but you don't put yeah. that 
in the movies that you're ranking, just like random other stuff. Like my <laughs> yeah, review yeah. of Bumblebee is <laughs> 2001 Space Odyssey is my second favorite movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. 1933's King Kong is my ninth favorite film of all time. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good movie. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I'd put it as my ninth. <laughs> Would you? No, probably lower, but I'd put it up there. I don't know. Five out of five. It's two out of five. <laughs> two out of five. Is it because it's set in New York and involves tall buildings? I have no idea. <laughs> Look, I don't fucking know. Don't ask me. I don't know what the fuck Alex is doing. <laughs> what the fuck is King Kong got to do with this shit? It's a terrible review. Scott says, those UFOs could do a floor better than TY from Extreme Makeover. Home edition. Wow. Uh, That's our target demographic right there. People who watch makeover <laughs> shows on free-to-air TV. Yeah. I don't know. Two. 3.5. <laughs> what is this? What is any of this? <laughs> I hate it. Uh, well, luckily for you, this is the last review from Matthew, who says batteries are included. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes they can be. I don't know. That sounds positive. Actually, no, it isn't. It's pointing out a flaw with the film's title, so it's negative. 1.5. It's three out of five. <laughs> I got none of those right. <laughs> you got literally none. But to be fair, they were particularly awful this week. <laughs> like, we had three out of ten, which turned out to be 3.5. You had uh, the oh. King Kong one. Wild. Oh, oh dear. Anyway... That is the episode. Thanks for listening, as always, on our second last episode of the year. Woo! We're almost there. I will pick what our last movie is going to be in a second, but first, if you like the show, just just send it to a friend. That that you know mm. that that helps out. You can also review us on iTunes to get the show out in front of more people. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Letterboxd, I guess. Why not plug that? May as well. Uh, Might as well. What's other platforms? YouTube, email address. Is there? Oldiebuddygoodiepod at gmail.com. iTunes. Um, Amazon, Audible. All of them. Audible? Yeah, we're on Audible. Oh my god, we're on Audible? We are on Audible. Which means I think that, that we should start talking like this if we're on Audible. Hi, welcome to Audible. If you're listening to us on Audible, you should also look up uh, The Wheel of Time. Oh. Uh, because The Wheel of Time is a great audiobook. I listened to that, uh, and it's relevant. Oh, yeah, we we reviewed it on Patreon. It's up on Patreon. Check it out on Patreon. Upwards of five US dollar dues a month, and you get two bonus episodes uh, every single month. Wheel of Time, Dune, they're all up there, so you can check that out if you want. Uh, link in the episode description. Now, Sandro. You have to pick the final movie of the year. So it's got to be an epic one. An epic and one? And this week, we have some really epic movies from you to pick to finish off this year with. Okay. We have... I'll, I'll start off with one of the epic ones. Mm-hmm. There's some other ones. But I'll start off with Empire of the Sun. Oh, that is an epic movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another Steven Spielberg mm. uh, involvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, an epic coming-of-age war movie. Starring Christian Bale. Ooh, Batman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very epic, very epic. We have Broadcast News, Mm -hmm. a rom-com starring a television news presenter, a reporter, and 
a rival sports presenter. I think I've seen that on TV. Yeah, it was yeah. actually okay. Sounds sounds like a sounds like a good uh, TV show. One we have the last emperor. Oh, another emperor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, there's Empire and Emperor. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. More like Empires. Yeah, yeah, true. True, true, true. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a historical epic about the last emperor of China. And uh, the last one is uh, Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. Another emperor. Yeah, we got a lot of emperors happening here. The Emperor's New Groove, more like the Emperor's Week of movies. Ha ha! Ha But, uh, yeah, it's the animated sequel to the classic Pinocchio story. He's a real boy who runs away, joins a circus, and gets turned back into a puppet. Okay, uh, well, broadcast news, I've seen it on TV, it's fine, and I don't think it's worthy of our last episode of the year. Yeah, but it's not the epic we're looking for. We're looking for an epic movie to finish off this film. See, here's the thing. Last Emperor, I've never seen it. I've always wanted to, but it's four hours long. Oh! So I don't know if that's a great... Oh, no! I kind of want to do, for the last episode of the year, you know, a quick one. We can have a lot of rants, yeah, a lot of fun times. Thing. Okay. So you're going with Emperor of the Sun. Well, here's the thing with Empire of the Sun. Wait. You see, it's 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 three hours long. It's a lot of plot. Oh, that's another one. It's really long. It's mm. very kind of, not artsy, but it's very serious. It's very, like, award season. And you don't like oh, those sort of movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I feel like they make less exciting podcasts. Right, so. right. Wait, 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 wait. You don't want to do broadcast news. No. You don't want to do Empire of the Sun. You don't want no. to do The Last Emperor. To really say goodbye to 1987 i think we should do an animated sequel to the classic pinocchio story oh. over a classic steven spielberg movie and one of the best historical epics of the 80s oh i think we should do a pinocchio movie yeah oh you picked teen wolf 2 <laughs> <laughs> i did i did pick teen wolf 2 i do deserve this but it does not feel good <laughs> Last episode of 1987, Pinocchio and the really long title. And the Emperor of the Night, Electric Boogaloo. All right, we'll do that next week. We'll wrap it up with the best quote from... What was the movie we just talked about? Batteries Not Included, that's what it was. (laughs) Whoa, that memorable movie we just talked about. My favourite quote is, It's the 80s, Mason. No one likes reality anymore. My one is... You never once asked to paint me naked. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.